Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the American Horror Story podcast by Bald Move. This is for Season 9, 1984, Episode 2. Mr. Jingles, who I will be throughout the season referring to as Mr. Jangles. Perhaps Mr. Bojangles. <laughs> okay. Because that's the way my brain works. All right. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How, how did you find this episode? I was certainly better than um, a lot of the people in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of a lot of early a lot of early deaths. Wasn't this, expecting the uh, psych administrator to get ganked this early. Immediately, yeah. But what if but she gets pulled into one of those time loops? Time loops, whatever it is. There's there's something fishy going on here. There's a lot more questions I have after this episode than than answers. Mm. And it's moving. Everything's moving so fast. Yeah, yeah. There is. There's it's not sustainable, is it? Well, I don't know because we've only we haven't got through the first fucking night. We're, We're still in the same fucking night. The sun has not rose on this day. This the a new day has not dawned. It works all the way through this episode. This is the world's longest night. Uh we find some just crazy backstory about Brooke that I don't know how to process. Um I, 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 Trevor almost got a porn career. Almost. He could have it. He could have had it. Uh it's just so many things took my breath away in this episode yeah absolutely do we want to just get right into it yeah let's do it uh we see the asylum director pulling up to camp redwood during the world's longest night <laughs> same fucking night y'all uh she sees margaret uh identifies herself as karen hopple chief psychologist of red meadows red asylum meadows we got a name Th- was there anything to the red meadows uh, not that I know of. Okay, so I thought maybe that would be like some six season two reference that I d- didn't get because I've only seen that season once. All we know is that Camp Redwood and Red Meadows Asylum are in the same town. Yeah. They have to be close because yeah. Hopple drove here in one night. Right. And, <laughs> but uh, it's and, pro- it's like one of those, it's like going to Georgia or Atlanta. Yeah. Everything's named Peach something. Everything's uh. Red something here. See, I think it's like meadows and woods are like natural opposites. Yeah. It's like fire and water, cats and dogs, meadows and wood woods. and meadows, one's grass, one's trees. Name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. <laughs> you can't. You can't. It's Romeo and Juliet of the botany world. <laughs> and I think they're going with some something with that. There's something there. And red, that's just the that's the color of passion, of love. Of and hate. the color of boys color right? of no that's a girl's camp color of color of uh hell too mm. good i have got a good authority that hell predom- predominantly just red predominantly the devil actually is a pale gray shade but he's always seen by hellfire light oh. so leading to the common misconception the devil's actually red this these are the kinds of insights that people come to this comp- podcast for yeah i mean it's in the bible look it up uh so mr jangles has escaped as she informs the uh, camp counselor and she says you don't understand this guy has a revenge fantasy of killing you uh and uh margaret's take is well i have a fantasy of living without fear she pulls out a six shooter and says i survived him won't once but he won't survive me oh. pretty badass margaret yeah pretty badass uh so hopple chief hopple as i'm gonna call her for the rest for short ass life uh, decides to hightail it out of Redwood because of this. Uh, she she has a perfect reaction to Margaret, too. Yeah. When, when she says that, she's like, I can't believe I'm about to die for this woman who's not even going to say thank you. And uh, just walks away. She's going down the, the dirt, now mud road, because it's still like super, super wet out there. And she hits a tire spike and turns out Mr. Jangles. See, I already did it. Mr. Jingles is there, uh, pulls a tire spike out of her tire, uses to break out her window, uh, she's trying to play it cool because she knows what's going on. But she's like, hey, you know, maybe if uh, he, I don't see his face and uh, and Mr. B- Jangles like, no, nope, I'm on to you. I'm Mr. Jangles. Benjamin Mr. Richter. Jingle Jangles. <laughs> and I'm busting out your window and I'm going to tire spike you to death. Yeah, brutal. Then he ear scalps her. He ear scalps her. That's her move. That's his move. That's his move. I don't. I, I wonder if what his motivation is. Because she seems, I mean, from what we know, she seems like a competent person. Could be a good psychiatrist that tried to help him, but he was not happy with her. Well, he's had 15, she's had 15 years, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't see a lot of advancement there. Yeah. 
And he, thing he is, does say, "You're right. I am a monster." Is that what he said? Yeah, yeah. So you know, that's not that's that's you're you're supposed to as a clinical therapist hold your client in unlimited regard. That doesn't sound like unlimited regard to me. <laughs> All right. That she sounds, to die. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds some Arkham. That's some Arkham Asylum shit, there, Doctor Hopple. I don't know where you got your degree, but uh, you know, we've learned a few things since 1985 about not berating your psychopaths. <laughs> anyway, uh, here ear scalps uh, ear scalps her, and then in an unusual moment of self awareness from the show, Xavier takes the time to ponder, like to Brooke. How many killers are after you? Wait, before There's so many killers. Wait, before we move on from Mr. Jangles. Okay. Uh he pulls up in a truck behind her in her station wagon. Mm-hmm. Does this confirm that he was the truck overlooking the lake on Montana and Trevor? I think so, but there's a curveball that we'll get into later in the episode around Margaret that makes me wonder mm. if there's not perhaps two trucks. Also. Or one truck that's being oh. truck shared. Truck share. Yep. Uh, all right. All right. Like they a got a scooter. they got a truck share app. <laughs> also, this guy called Red Truck. This guy stomped on her leg and it just squished it. Yeah. It, just like he did that mechanic's face. Yeah. It this was guy just like stomps things into obliteration. He's like a Jimmy John baguette left in the mud puddle. He just right. stomped it, pulped it. So, uh, the night continues. Yeah. World's longest night. Uh, Margaret shows up again to say, stop worrying about killers and start worrying about hell. Okay. This has been like the seventh time she's, she's tucked these people in and come in here and express dismay about the boy girl mixing, about the drinking, about the clove cigarettes, about the hellfire and the masturbation and the boners. And all. like I, in, in just two episodes, I've gotten this, this entire, this whole scene, like nine times. I hope when the dawn, breaks uh-huh. that we don't have to establish her jesus freak credentials every single time in exhaustive detail but I we think get it's it it's gonna continue we get it and <laughs> montana remarks that she needs to get laid and i love that when she does it she like poses her legs throws her hair over her shoulder cracks open a budweiser like she's in a spuds mckenzie commercial yeah. i just like fucking billy lord she's man. having the best time she's having a lot of fun you notice that they're watching this news report of the mechanic being killed the police officers have showed up. Yep. Done They've a full investigation. Uh, news crews have arrived. Uh-huh. They've got time to do interviews. Yep. The same night. The Olympics have started and concluded. <laughs> we had opening and closing <laughs> ceremonies. Still, we're in the same night. Uh, so, outside the cabin, Montana... Or, no, it's inside still. Montana levels with Brooke about the horrors of surviving assault. She's like, look, girlfriend, I know a killer broke into your house, but someone grabbed my tit once at Sam Good. Sam, Sam Goody. Goody. And, you know, samesies. Also, she thinks that maybe she's not making it up and maybe this is a trauma talking because she got sent away to fat camp. And sure, she was a bit chubs, but super Super cute. cute. Uh, And it was very traumatic because she'd never been away from home before. And she learned that sometimes a shadow is just a shadow. And uh, if you imagine the worst, that's all you can see. Well, Brooke says, hold on to my beer because I'm about to out-trauma you. And she reveals with a title card that says in, you know, 1984 AHS scream font last summer, she was involved in a murder-suicide jilting incident. It's the first ever jilt murder-suicide when her high school sweetheart, who they were both saving their virginity for each other, Uh, flips out at the wedding because his best friend had a sleepover with Brooke, which they compl- compl- they, they explain is entirely uh, uh, consensual. No, not consensual. It was consensual, <laughs> entirely, but entirely it was platonic. platonic. It was entirely platonic, <laughs> platonically consensual. And uh, this guy shoots his best friend in the head, shoots her dad in the chest, and then says, you don't deserve white, pulls her close, and blows his brains all over her dress. Oh. Holy shit. This was just last summer. Right. Brooke is made out of some strong stuff. She really is. And now she's got seven different killers after her. She does. And no it, one believes her. It's, it, it's, it's, tough to be, it's tough to be Brooke right it here. It is tough to be Brooke. It's, it's just, yeah, what do you do? Uh... There's a couple things about this scene which is extremely fucked. Extremely fucked. Number one, uh, her 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 soon to be husband fiance's name is Kavanaugh. Of course, love that. Good one, Ryan. Love that. Uh, and they scored the scene to Billy Idol's White Wedding, which 
again, like, just as I'm like, this is so fucked up, this is so fucked up, Billy Idol comes in and it's like comedy again. Right. Anyway. Just just so you know where you are yeah. in, the, in the theme, in the time. Yeah. Uh, Montana's skeptical of her like a virgin routine, but Brooke maintains her innocence about her innocence. And then Montana moves in to kiss her and Brooke's like, I need a minute and bails. Uh, the boys are walking to the shower room because it's uh, the shower facilities, the head. The head. Because it's uh, nighttime is the time for the boys to bathe and be ready for pure thoughts for morning prayer. I, if this I, morning ever comes. I desperately want to know what time it is because, uh, what's her name? Margaret looks at her watch and says, lights out in 20 minutes. Like, yeah, there is a, some a, a perception of time happening here, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. But she sends them to the showers and then cuts off the showers and the lights. Yeah. Did she cut off the hot water by doing that? I assume so. Uh, I don't know. If they use electrical heaters, I suppose, instead of gas. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, she turns the lights out on him. I, I, yeah. Why? Don't they don't really explain that, do they? It's just you know another instances of her being really shady. Is that something that happens every night? They go into just hard shutdown. Yeah, yeah. Can like just at, turn our even lamps even off? The, but even though she knows they're showering, like I don't know, maybe they, she doesn't want them to see each other's nakedness because who knows what that might cause. We know exactly what it caused. <laughs> Only thing worse than premarital heterosexual sex, uh-huh. premarital homosexual sex. That's that's just super not allowed at Camp Redwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole idea that we're bunking boys and girls together for safety kind of <laughs> shows the blind spot there. Anyway, um, the boys are kind of like doing a bunch of boy talk. Uh, Which of your five senses would you give up? I mean, smell's pretty obvious one, right? Like, I've heard of kids born without the sense of like touch or pain, and like they just like die by the time they're five or six because turns out you need that to stay alive. Sight, I mean, gotta be able to see stuff. I'm a shit. I'm a television critic. What the hell would happen if I couldn't see things? Yeah. Um. Holy shit. Guess. I guess you're right. That would be. You know what? I would build because I know that there are blind fans of television because several of them have written me. I would form a small community around the visual impaired television fans. Hmm. It would called I call it Blind Move. Ready to go. <laughs> oh my god, that's ready perfect. to go. So if I get my so so eyesight is now the thing I think I would give up. All right. Yeah, blind yeah. move. All right. So what about you? I was gonna say sound. Because there are so many, like, I was going to give up my sense of hearing. Is that how you say that? Uh-huh. <laughs> but I guess I just hate so many noises all the time. But mm. no, I think I think smell would probably be the least uh, affecting one. Yeah. Yeah, or I feel just- like it's so weirdly that, like, as visually orientated as we are, like, I feel like being blindfolded would be less scary than, like being completely you know not being able to hear anything Mm -hmm. because you know here like that's multi-directional you kind of have a sense of safety whereas vision is just like you only ever can see out the front of your head yeah i mean something comes from the side or behind you don't know that's where your ears save you yeah well we did see what was the movie was it called blind last year for one of our spooktaculars, we watched oh, the movie about, about the, the blind one. No, the she deaf was woman. deaf woman that got uh, home invaded. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Yeah, it was. But she was super capable. It's true. So it's true. Serial killers don't stand a chance. Now, uh, if you couldn't smell the killer coming, that would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the horror movie I want to watch. I think it's funny that Trevor couldn't wait to jam in a I had sex moment. Uh, <laughs> talking like, uh, speaking of smell, Montana's skin smells like vanilla frosting I, I doubt i doubt i highly doubt um probably smells like uh oh my god i can't think of farrah fawcett's hairspray <laughs> <laughs> what was like because this was like pre uh global warming yeah you could just like that shit that shit just made clouds yeah uh cl- ozone destroying clouds being dropped here in this, these bathrooms uh, so the boys start divvying up the girls ray calls brooks uh D- brooks on dibs he calls dibs on brooke <laughs> I mean, aw, calling dibs on her. Who we, did we it? thought he we thought he was sweet on her last episode. This confirms that he's such a romantic. Ray? Dibs. Yeah. Okay. Just Ray's wanted got, to make Ray's sure. Got dibs on Brooke. Because it looks like Chet was kind of making a move this time too. Yeah, but maybe uh, he's just we'll being see. comforting. He doesn't he doesn't respect dibs. Yeah. He doesn't respect dibs. He doesn't respect anything. He doesn't respect uh, the laws re- go- governing anabolic steroids by the a- uh, the IOC. 
doesn't respect uh, dibs either. So Margaret cuts the power. I have in my notes a question, why? And I was assuming, because I watched the, the show the first time, and it's like, you know, we just kind of watch it, and it's fun. And then the second time, you know, I'm watching, I'm taking notes, and I'm like, you know what? I don't remember why she cuts the power. Wrote my notes why. I never got an answer. I wrote it down twice, because I asked myself twice, I guess. <laughs> and, like, no one's really that kind of freaked out about it. Yeah, it seems like something they all expected to happen. Like, that's just how a camp shuts down. Maybe she did explain that, like, she cuts the power at such and such a time. But, like, maybe do that after they brushed her teeth. Like, how are you going to brush your teeth in the dark? How, how, how do you know you've brushed all your teeth? I guess you can brush your teeth in the, in the dark. Yeah, I'm sure blind I've people done, do it I, all I the time. <laughs> I think I've done it enough. I could. That, that'd be the least hard thing to, to recover about losing my eyesight. Um, <laughs> Brushing your teeth. Yeah, you know, I've, 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 I know my way around them, them teeth. <laughs> I've, I've, I've brushed them half a hundred times over my life. Uh, Xavier then gets jumped by Ray Liotta from Goodfellas. Uh, this is Xavier's sugar daddy who says, "You're a Rembrandt kid. You think I'd let a Rembrandt get away?" Uh, and he's has this complicated relationship where he's pimping this guy out and he's forcing him to appear in male um gay for pay uh movies and xavier said he only did the one and he wants out but then the guy starts choking xavier and he says i'm gonna blackmail you and i'm gonna break you uh if you don't perform but xavier's up to date on his the deuce watching yes and he knows I-, I see where 1985 porn porn star he goes I-, I i don't want any any part of this Mm-mm. uh so then he throws trevor as a bone yeah. as a literal bone in his sugar daddy's direction. He says he's the next John Holmes, but bigger. Um, this was the most shocking reveal of the episode. Why did they make Xavier straight? Mm, I mean, I don't know. Like, why wouldn't he be? Uh, I, because Let's he made, he why made wouldn't? a gay porn movie. The but actor, guys did. the actor is gay. I don't. I just don't it's understand. My understanding back in the '80s and even on to the '90s that almost every successful like male porn star had to do both because you just didn't get paid enough to survive. You get a paid a living wage for fucking on camera, but you can t- you can make like ten times the scene pay over on the gay side. So a lot of them did. Yeah, Peter I'm just North, saying. Like John Holmes. We haven't established. Probably he's... Ron Jeremy, the greats. Oh yeah, I, I mean I don't deny any of that. I'm just saying that they haven't given him a love interest or anything like that. So I'm not sure why uh, he needed to be straight. If he's going to be making gay porn, pathos, I don't know. It's like also just a little bit ickier, the exploitation, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but also the fact that he's trying to, you know, on top of all that, you know, he, he wants to be a serious actor. And again, if you've seen the deuce, uh, that's a hard, hard corner to turn once yeah. you, once you start doing adult work. All right. So what was Xavier's plan here? That Blake would get distracted, and then what? I mean, it was just really lucky that guy got killed, so that ends that threat. Yeah, you're but... right, because like as soon as he, so he 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 leads his sugar daddy over to his hole in the wall where he can see it all, and he is saying, "I, I love what he said. That's not a cock; it's an act of God." <laughs> and yeah, after like he's like five minutes or five seconds into it, Xavier literally just like cartoon tiptoes off stage left, right? And you're right. Maybe you think he killed him? No, no, I don't think so. Because that would neatly square. Although he did act very freaked out when they found the body, right? But maybe more defensively freaked out that someone would connect this to him. I don't think there's enough time because it was definitely they made it seem enough like... time on the world's longest <laughs> night. Are you fucking kidding me? Time's a flat circle looping in on itself, and you're saying there's not enough time. I don't think there's enough time for you Xavier. Still believe in the concept of time? <laughs> How quaint. Xavier, I mean, it makes it seem like it's Mr. Jingle's hands because it's got a glove and like this rubbery raincoat There's a lot up of the that sleeve a little around. bit. A lot and of this bulky rain slick clothing that's very anyone could be anyone. And he's got this purpose built, very specific but unnameable tool to uh-huh. kill Blake with. And I just don't think Xavier has that in him. Yeah, they call it a spike. It looks like the world's largest needle because it's kind of needle shaped with a hole at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, I do love in the scene, there's a solid beefcakery in the scene. For lots, sure. Lots of chests and pecs and tops of buns. But my favorite part is the detail of Trevor toweling off his hog. <laughs> like, like it takes a whole got the towel. Like he's, it looks like he's like buffing a bowling ball or something. <laughs> like I gotta, yeah, I gotta work up and down. This thing's like fucking drying off a third leg. It's it's great. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Good towel work there. Uh, meanwhile, Brooke is sitting dockside by the lake, collecting her thoughts after being kissed by Billy Lord. And then you know what? A dead Doctor Hopple comes floating up. Then, in a totally uh, a totally unrelated killer, the Night Stalker shows up. It's like, this is, I think, definitely Mr. Jing- Jingle's body. But right. then the Night Stalker is the one that shows up. It's so weird. What if the Mr. Jingle's was under there and he just released Hopple's body just in time for him to attack and like jump out of the water and the, the night sucker shows up and he's like what the fuck dude this is my scene and then he's just sitting there from underneath the dock looking and he's just observing uh, this hilariously inept technique that the night soccer's got he can't take in fact Brooke hands him his ass she does if she had just taken that stick and kept on whomping we'd have no night soccer mm-hmm. his brains would be splattered on but you know she hits him once gets a good look in and then starts running off <laughs> right she's like the Borg after his first attack she learned all of his techniques yeah uh so within 30 seconds he's about to catch up to her and the only thing that saves her is the hyper hiker comes running out of a cross trail and just hyper hiker tackles him i'm so glad that we gave him that name before because he gets hyper this episode he's all over the place he's in hyperspace uh he says you shouldn't be there just like he always does and richard uh ramirez guts him <laughs> Suddenly, he knows night what he's stalks doing the, the hyper hiker. Yeah, he he knife stalks him. Does he say the hyper hiker at this point? Does he say, "I don't die here"? Yeah, a, yeah I'm not, at some I, point I don't he says die that. Here, you shouldn't be here. You're all in danger. Like he just says like this mantra. Uh, and then, so it's like he knows he's dying and knows he dies at a specific point, but later he doesn't. Yeah, I know he's dead at all. I've got some theories. Okay, I don't know if we're ready to talk about. It. I don't think we know enough. But the the mysterious thing is in this scene, the Night Stalker kills him like three more times. Mm-hmm. He keeps coming back, completely unharmed. His body disappears, and then he shows up again. And you know, this is a very new experience mm-hmm. for. Uh, for the Night Stalker, but a good opportunity for him to really polish his knife work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a simulation. You just like get really good at knifing people with this guy, and then once you're able to consistently and swiftly d- dispatch him, then you'll be ready for Brooke. Brooke won't get away again. Yeah, you just just you know you grind, you grind, <laughs> you, you level above her, and then she's going to be an easy fight. There's some amazingly bad gore effects in this episode, like <laughs> him being gutted. Him being gutted. It was it was really gross at first, but if you look at it, you can see this. Right. I mean, it's obviously just attached to this guy's stomach. Sure. You can see it like jiggling around, uh-huh. like moving as a whole unit. I guess guts would probably kind of be that way. Yeah, I mean they wouldn't stay together as yeah. tightly as it was. But, it, I mean, it's just, it's very reminiscent of 80s. I'm not saying it's the way they did it is bad. I think they did it in an 80s style on purpose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love it. Just and it's the, punctuated with the Satan, Satan. Yeah. It's so good. I love, I've, I hope, I hope they never stop doing that. Never stop, please. We need at least one Satan, say, trip Satan per episode. Uh, he also looks at his badge. He pulls it off his body at the end, and it says that he was a camp counselor in 1970. Mm-hmm. And his name is Jonas. Jonas. Could he be a time traveler like in Dark? Yes. Or we just watched the movie The Endless. Yes. Um, with Jim and his girlfriend last weekend. And that's another very, it's like, you know, people caught in little repeating time warps. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if uh, that is going to be how they explain Because he's... I mean, okay, maybe he's a ghost, but like my concept of ghost, biblical or not, don't don't encompass being able to stab them to death and disembowel them and then keep like you know them keeping coming back and all that, but them having like a mortal body that's I, it feels more of like a time loop he's stuck in. Right. Um, I was gonna talk about this later, but it doesn't even it doesn't really follow the established american horror story rules of ghosts you're right there either. are these rules yeah uh but ghosts are in the bible uh-huh can you tell me about that um as a resident bible expert yeah so the one the ones that i can think about is one of the uh i forget who it was one of the kind of more apostate kings of israel was feeling real blue about things were going wrong, and uh, he wanted to talk to one of the prophets. I think it was the prophet Samuel. 
who had died. And he went to this uh, person described as the Witch of Endor. So obviously, stop it. Obviously, an Ewok. Is this really in the Bible? Yes, it's really in the Bible. And he uh, asks her to conjure up the spirit of of Samuel, uh, so he can get some counsel. And she does. And like Sam, Samuel essentially bitches him out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you bringing me up here? You're a shit king, and probably think bad things are going to happen to you because this is the Bible, and that's what happens to shit apostate kings. That's the only like out and out kind of instance of like a ghost or a spirit being conjured uh, hmm. that I can think of, but there could be a couple others. All right. Uh, moving on, uh, Nurse Rita is doing some moving in the infirmary. She is dancing her ass off, and then she gets jingled, and that's <laughs> the scene. Jingled. How does she get out of this? I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Uh, Brooke I guess uh, Mr. Jingles and Night Stalker are competing for worst knife wielder. <laughs> right, right. How close to death without actually achieving death can he come? I mean, I feel like the Night Stalker's got him covered. He's killed this dude five times and he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty... That's, that's He's just running up to score with this guy. <laughs> uh, Brooke meets back up with Montana, who continues to be skeptical to another killer's after Brooke. I love, like, when Brooke's like, oh, thank God, I thought you were him. And she goes to hug her and, like, like Montana rolls her eyes so hard. Uh, <laughs> yes. But then they hear Ray screaming and they found Xavier's sugar daddy's body. Uh, Xavier denies knowing him, but like super defensively, like someone's like, "Hey, don't touch him. People might think that uh, you had something to do with it." Well, well, I, I don't know him. I've never seen this guy before. Why would I have something to do with it? Almost to the extent that I think that he might have something to do with it. Yeah, uh, Trevor. I, I wrote in my notes, Trevor will remember that, <laughs> like it's yeah. a telltale game, because he gave him a significant look, yeah. which I thought would be important, but he fesses up immediately by yeah. the end of the episode. So they're already freaked out, but then they see that his ear's been cut off, and they put two and two together with the jingles theory. Oh, and- I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was him. Ear scalped. Well, or someone who's wanting to make oh. it look like Mr. Jingles, as we're about to discuss. Uh, that makes them decide to pile into the mystery va- wagon. Was it a mystery, mach- the mystery, mystery machine? Mystery machine. And they get the fuck out of there. Margaret oh, Almost. <laughs> Margaret returns to her cabin after the world's longest night. Still ensuing, but surely we're almost at the end. She finds a night soccer in her cabin. And she finds out that just as she's Jesus' servant, that he is Satan. And to me, this is sounding like an odd couple meet cute. Absolutely. And that's kind of how they play it. How did did he know to find Margaret? Just because she's in the doesn't she? She's staying in like the head the head the head cabin. Is there a head cabin? Okay, there's a head cabin. Well, I guess Mister or Mister Mrs. Hopple Miss 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 Hopple Doctor Hopple Doctor Doctor Hopple. Knew to come right there too, but yeah. I, I'm just wondering like how the Night Stalker knew that she would have these answers. Also, she was very squirrely earlier about uh, whether or not Doctor Hopple was going to go into her bedroom. Hmm. You think there's something secret hiding in there, like a oversized trench coat and jingle jangly keys, maybe? an assortment of weapons? Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably, uh-huh. probably are onto something there. Uh, so he wants to find out about the counselor, as you, as we identified. Uh, Margaret then puts on some candles, some soft, funky but sexy music. And starts to get to know Richard. Uh, I want to point out this at, at this point that I finally recognize this guy, Zach Villa, Villa mm-hmm. that is playing um, Richard Ramirez. He plays Maneo on The Expanse, mm. which I love the show The Expanse. Now, uh, season four is coming to Amazon. Uh, he's the solar system's most infamous slingshot racer. Ooh. And very thin because he's playing like a belter, you know, and they're like right. half starved. Uh, he's he's got put he's 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 filled out to a proper weight, and he's looking really handsome. Mm-hmm. His hair, I'm so jealous. Yeah, he looks so really jealous. good when he's all in one piece. Um, so she kind of compliments him and asks very interested questions about his upbringing and his passion for killing. Uh, she blames Jesus for all this bringing people back to life thing, because that's kind of his whole deal. Uh, and then she asks him what the worst thing that happened to him, and he says everything. <laughs> yeah, there's this steel guitar riff that's so fucking hilarious, and he says a whole bunch of really metal shit like "pain is how the world talked to me" and "pain is how I talk back." Turns out, poisoned in the womb, he suffered from seizures his entire life because a swing hit him in the head because his dad was being a dick about keep away with the ball. 
Uh, his Green Beret uncle showed him a bunch of women that he murdered in Nam. Then he shot his aunt right in the head in front of him for questioning his Oof. showing a child murder pictures. That didn't make any sense. No. Um, and she retorts with the classic, well, hon, have you thought that everything happens for a reason? Hmm? Mm, have mm-hmm. you considered that? There's no no real explanation for why he became a Satanist specifically. Yeah. There's no, like... You would think that there would be some kind of influence, some role model in his wife that was wife in his life that was into Satan that would have showed him the way. I don't know. It might be like a James Dean. Like, what are you rebelling against? What do you got? You know, like uh, you got you got God arms for Satan. You, you you sanctity of life. I'm a murderer. I guess that's fair. God chooses people, so Satan can too. Yeah. Why not? Um. So she says that she also confesses, or he confesses his attraction to her and asks her to uh, post feet. (laughs) And she says, let me get back to you on the whole foot thing, but here's the secret to doing whatever you want. A, have trauma. B, believe in God. And you can make up any crazy excuse for any kind of extreme behavior. and People just kind of roll with it. And she promises, or she commissions him to kill Mr. Jingles. No, no more killing. No, kill Mr. Jingles. She no. wants him to kill Mr. Jingles. She said, find him and make him leave. She specifically said, find him and make him leave. Right. That's and like she says, the mob boss saying to take care of that problem for me. Yeah. I, I honestly think that she just doesn't want him to kill him. Huh. This She has some sort of purpose, and I don't okay. know what it is. Okay. But, but she wants him to take him off the board. Yeah. And in exchange, she promises to find out more information on the hyper hiker as long as he promises not to kill anyone else. So Xavier's van, the the mystery machine, won't start. Damn it. You know, it's got that 1980s horror thing of just having a little tough time turning over when you need it to. It took a hiker to the engine block and now it's not running so well. Right. Uh, Chet takes this opportunity to confess, quote unquote, his steroid abuse. I love Montana's. Yeah, we all fucking know. Uh, Best line. That's got to be a reaction gif. Someone needs that. That's that's probably already on. The American Horror Story subreddit. I gotta, I gotta save it to my phone. Uh, they finally get the van going at the nick of time, just as the jingles and are jangling, and they get cruising down the dirt road. When Nurse Rita pulls a hyper hiker, jumps out in front of him, causes him to swerve left and hit Margaret's car. Uh, Nurse Rita is now all stabbed and bleeding, but hanging on to life. Actually, you know what? She goes from like on death's door to being kind of fine. Uh, it's just a scratch, really. Yeah, it's just the world's longest night. She's had six weeks to recover by the time <laughs> she starts looking for her keys, and she's looking pretty good. You know, she's got a good immune system. She's uh, a healthy lady. The van's all busted, but Rita says, I got my Volkswagen Rabbit, and Trevor has a ninja. Because of course he does. Which Montana helps informs us is a badass motorcycle. <laughs> Maybe she says badass bike. I'm not sure. I think she's she says motorcycle. She yeah. Um... They go back and get the key. They have to go back and get the they keys. They split the group. They Never split the-, split the group. Well, first of all, this is actually fucking brilliant because at first they're like, I'm not going to go back because I'm scared. And they're like, someone points out, it's like, we're actually safer with two large groups than like three or four fragmented ones. So I thought like, um, I don't know, like maybe it'd been better if all seven men had gone from, from cabin to cabin. But yes. on the other hand, you have the time and time is of the essence. I mean, cause here's the other natural human thing is nobody has once thought about, well, could it be one of us? I would want the group to stay together. I think the very human thing is for them to start accusing each other. Well, yeah, as, like as soon as Xavier, and this happens after this, but as soon as Xavier says, uh, I knew about Blake or I knew who he was or something yeah. like that, then, you know, you start to plant the seeds of doubt. Yeah, because it's just you know, like Blake, Two Xavier, Ray, and Montana know each other for a long time, so it'd be weird if one of them turned out to be the killer. But you're right, they don't know. They met Brooke the, the, the day before. They met Trevor on the world's longest night. Right. Nurse Rita, world's longest night. Like, these are, you got half these people are strangers. Especially like, Margaret Booth. I would be accusing her immediately. I, I played Secret Hitler with very good friends, and it devolves to screaming and yelling within 30 minutes. You're telling me you does. add, like, real-life murderers, and people are just like, hey, let's just trust each other as human beings. Yeah. Yeah, we've introduced some new elements to the mix, and now people are dying. I mm-hmm. got questions. Yeah. I got questions. Just, I think that's Just fair. asking questions. I think that's fair. But it's, it's basic D&D rules. You just don't split the group. Yeah. Um, I'm pro splitting in two groups. You're as long anti, as you, as long as you stay in some sort opinion. of group structure, I'm fine. 
Margaret finds the hyper hiker, uh, Jonas, who is still stuck on his, you shouldn't be here, I shouldn't be dead, you everyone should run script. Uh, he recognizes her, and then she theorizes that he's some sort of ghost who thinks he's stuck on the night of the massacre in 1970. Um, it seems like, okay, so the way they shoot this, uh, them locking eyes through the cabin, and then him saying, oh, I should have stayed and helped, but I fled, and that he was eventually killed by Mr. Jingles, and she's asking him, what did you see in the cabin? Oh, I didn't see anything, I'm scared. Did you see Mr. Jingles? Oh, I did. I didn't. I, Mr. Jingles. I heard him. I feel like they're really, and the way that she looked at him through the cabin window made it look like maybe she was the killer. Right. Because not only that, but she's got different hair. In the flashback, she was blonde. In this one, she's got brunette pigtails and she's standing upright. Really? Covered in blood. I can't confirm because I think maybe that might have been the dark lighting. Maybe she does. Why would she, why'd she, she dye her hair though? I don't know, because she killed a bunch of people and she wants to change. Yeah, it's just, just, just <laughs> not be recognizable. Become get a an adult. Press just wash that right out of her hair. <laughs> yes, I think I think in the eighties, going blonde is a very popular thing to do. I think it's still a popular thing to do. Sure, women like to change their hair color. Why I mean, are you hung up on this? That's I, the most believable thing. You're the one that pointed it out. I was like, <laughs> okay, I did whatever. I don't know. We unconfirmed. I guess I thought she was blonde, but. I just, yeah, they're, you know, the fact that they keep emphasizing that no one has seen anything, it's just, it's like, it's, you know, you can't fake being Mr. Jingles, but you can fake sounding like Mr. Jingles very easy, and he's always wearing his big hood, so you can't see anything. I don't know why she would flip out and kill everybody, but, like, if her plot is to bring everybody back out and do another round of killing, I don't know, and she's going to blame it on Jesus, uh, she's going to, so... So here's the thing that implies that Mr. Jingles was a scapegoat. Uh, this this weirdo psycho killer from Vietnam is a scapegoat. But then, if he's a scapegoat, then why is he out for revenge against the camp instead of her in particular? I. Well, we shouldn't be thinking about this so hard. Yeah, I think is the answer. Yeah, because the thing is, is like there's something twisty here, but. I see what you oh, did there. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see what I did there. This is some professional podcasting. You just, just just backed into that one. Uh, but I think there's going to definitely be something twisty here, but I'm almost certain that whatever the twist is is going to be less interesting than what everyone comes up with on the internet. So maybe you're right. Maybe we shouldn't think too much about it. Right. How do you... I... So he was working at the camp when all the people were murdered. Yep. As a janitor or some custodian of some type. He's just a counselor, it said. Oh, was he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, my God. Badge. You put the guy from Vietnam with the highest kill count as a counselor, or counselor oh, for a bunch oh, of no, children? Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I thought you meant the hyper hiker. Oh, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, Jingles was, he, Jingles Jingles. was a, uh, a, a custodian of some sort. Okay. I'm just wondering like how you can blame a man for that many murders. There's got to be some kind of evidence. Now, going with the ghostly, because her uh, theory about him being ghostly, uh, is it possible that he has like some kind of like, uh, well, as a coward who ran away instead of helping, and and uh, maybe that's what enabled this killer to get away with it? If it turns out it's going to be Margaret, do you think he's got like some kind of ghostly mission that he has to achieve to get to get free? Or that's it. That I just don't know that he's a ghost. I really think that they're going to do something with like a t- like a real time loop. Right. Because if he was a, f- a coward, like he uh-huh. says, and he ran away, then how did he die? Did he just run until he died, and then he's just going to keep running forever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he ran himself to death. Yeah. And she's like, "Oh well, you probably would have been stuck on that trail if they hadn't brought you back." But what the fuck does that mean? How do you bring a ghost back for off of his fucking loop? Like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make sense to me. How did he get so far away? From the camp also what is his loop of running i don't know i don't know i don't know and also like if the american horror story like rules apply like what exactly would his boundaries be the entire camp right but they hit him before no it's after i guess they i guess that could be considered on the border of the camp when he got first struck so it was post gas station which was the closest nearest phone yeah and then camp so somewhere right. in between there so definitely maybe, on the grounds i guess yeah maybe he's his boundary is the entire so i guess that would conform to ahs ghost rules right maybe maybe it does plus we're getting close to halloween and all bets are off yeah oh uh, yeah 
There's going to be an episode the day before Halloween this year, I think. No kidding. Maybe right. it's on Halloween. Well, we had we had a Halloween episode last year, and it was a big disappointment. So let's not get too excited. <laughs> That's right. They did squander that, didn't they? They did. They did. Uh, okay. So Brooke, Ray, and Chet escort Rita to the infirmary to get the keys. Brooke is the first one in because she's brave and plucky. They can't find the keys because, duh, Mr. Jingles. You think duh. he got the name Mr. Jingles by not picking up a pair of keys <laughs> that are laying on a flat surface? Fuck no. This guy's got all the keys. You're going to mm-hmm. leave keys around? It's like leaving cookies on a cookie monster. Right. God damn you it. You can't yeah. blame the monster. And also, you can't blame the monster. You also can't act surprised when you come in and there's an empty plate that used to be full of cookies. Right. Like you left keys on a flat surface and Mr. Jingles mur- tried to murder you and he left those keys. He's going to grab them. I mean, come on. It's yeah. in the name. Chet tries to comfort Brooke, but she's not having it. And she says, stay away, because everyone who gets close to me gets hurt. <laughs> uh, by hurt, she means jilt, murder, suicide. That's that. That's correct. Trevor finds his keys right away, but Xavier has to break down and says this is all his fault because of his connection to Blake. And he's getting all emotional, and he's doing that like uh, Corporal Hicks thing from Aliens, where he's just, oh, we're all going to die, man. Bug out, it's game over. And we can see Mr. Jingles from afar, for uh, outside of their cabin, yeah, seems like he was kind of walking away, or maybe he was walking to the cabin. Mm. Yeah, it's funny because like there's a murder switcheroo in in this episode because like Jang- Jingles attacks the infirmary, and Ramirez was uh, harassing Brooke by the dorm. But by the end of the episode, I think they imply that Ramirez is at the infirmary and Jingles is at the dorm. Yes, that's certainly what we're supposed to believe. I but think. I think it's Ramirez at the infirmary and Margaret jingle jangling at the dorm. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's too early for the season. I the, think this reveal. it's aliens at both doors. <laughs> and they're the ones fucking with time. Uh-huh. Uh, all this goes down. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the cabins are dual attacked by jingles and pro- probably jingles and certainly the Night Stalker, respectively. And that's the episode. It 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 ends in the middle of this attack which i thought was a pretty cool choice nice cliffhanger yeah it was it was confusing i was like that 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 can't we've had a lot of problems with our dvr man i tell you what i in general big fan of the playstation view service but it is shit to bed two weeks in a row on the ahs recording Mm -hmm. and i it gets like halfway through and you try to skip a commercial and then it just goes fucko and it you can't restart i don't know i don't know American Horror Story is not going to be the show that makes me watch commercials again. Yeah. What am I going to do? Watch this live? That's insane. Yeah. I don't know. Because it, it, this happened with Legion, too, and it's covering Legion with Jason um, and Rima. That I think it's an FX thing because they do the like double or triple performances, and that like just does a number on the fucking uh, v, the the DVR service on the place. It doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So like if you if you start watching one and then the time like elapses on the other it somehow deletes what you're watching and then it gets it's i don't know it's fucked up right it's fucked don't, up. don't even get me started on the garbage fx app that you works could... at sony get at me what the hell's going on yeah um okay now's the time where we contemplate some feedback to people send us in to ahs at baldmove.com or you can talk on the forums with fellow fans at forums.baldmove.com cecily did we get feedback we have a few pieces of feedback this right. week we That's f- good. We got a few people banging on our door. We got a few people banging on our door. Could be the night soccer. Could be Margaret. It's she actually could be Xavier. The person behind the door is Cody S. Cody says it's uh, been a long. It's been a long time. Last time I believe I wrote in was Roanoke complaining how much I hated Freak Show and the friend who made me watch it despite hating American Horror Story. But I've been listening since. Wow. That is a lot. That's that was like three goddamn three seasons ago. Yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, Cody says, "I think the biggest thing you guys missed." Uh, Cody wrote this last week. I think the biggest thing you guys missed is Xavier saying he's a method actor. I feel like this will play some part, especially after that weird phone call. Maybe a crazy aspiring killer himself also saying it's L.A. How well do we know each other? Hmm. Um, we know about the phone call now, but I. We did miss the uh, method Turns out actor. You can't take your dick out of LA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think you can take your your Rembrandt dick, <laughs> your Picasso dick? What do you? How do you feel about this uh, method actor your line? Cubist surrealist dick out of LA. What? His method acting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think he could, it's possible that he's a killer. 
Now I don't know that he's like a killer, like insane killer. He's a killer, like I got to kill this guy because he's 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 perving on me, ruining my ruining my career kind of killer. Mm. But I think he might be a killer. Maybe he's saying he's a method actor because he's gay for pay. <laughs> he just oh, really gets into the role. He's really into the method. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, Cody also says, and a few people gave us this feedback on social media and everywhere. Um, says Michael Myers and Laurie were revealed to be siblings as a twist of Halloween 2, which Carpenter felt forced and hated, and the newest reboot very much retcons it, although I don't mind it uh, as it gives Michael some reason to hunt her specifically, which I felt was lacking in Halloween 2018. So, interesting. Michael and Laurie being brother and sister was something that everyone hated and tried to undo immediately. And that was the only thing I remembered. (laughs) Sounds like something that Ryan Murphy would definitely bring into AHS. Yes. (laughs) The wrong turn to Albuquerque? Yes, I need that in my series. You make enough left turns, you eventually go right. (laughs) Uh, Cody wrote an email this week saying, didn't like this episode this much. Strong start. Didn't expect the asylum head to be taken out so soon, but love the camaraderie of the cast. But she can stuck in one of those timey-wimey time circles and come right back. Yep. She'll stay in that lake forever. Uh, felt there was something gayish about Xavier in episode one and suspected something like what was revealed, but thought the mystery would play into the murders. So guess Gay-ish? Hmm. But, so, guess not as interesting. Also love the wedding shooting. Felt like something... Like that what moment. Bisexual esque. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's less gayish, more bisexual esque, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, I, mean, I don't get a hetero y vibe off of him at all. No. Maybe metro? Do people metro. still use that word? Metrosexual? I mean, what does that even mean? I don't think metro. 1985. I, I, I don't think metro had been invented yet. Mm. Uh, also, Chet's steroid admittance in Montana's reply was the best moment. Agreed. Yeah. The thing that dragged this episode down, and I mean down because I was loving it, was the Richard and Booth God conversation. What the fuck was that supposed to be? Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to like him being there. Serial killer is different than slasher, and it threw off the fun slasher vibes. Even if the hyper hiker is ghost, uh, how can he be physical and killed and regenerate so fast? Are they in hell? Are all the old campers ghosts? <laughs> who knows if they're in hell I wonder if Brooke will have to refold towels here's here's something dangerous that Ryan Murphy is playing with trying to make Richard Ramirez a good guy trying to redeem him is he gonna be on the side of God and I don't okay like I I, I don't know because I've been thinking about this a lot in advance of like this Joker apocalypse that apparently is supposed to hit us yes and like I don't understand why fleshing out a a villain or making his background more sympathetic necessarily means that we have to admire or like the bad guy, you know, like sometimes it's just it, it, you know, humanizing the villain, it makes it even more chilling, but it's not like, oh, you know, like, uh, like he's a sad little puppy. I mean, everything that Richard Ramirez went through is terrible, but like. I mean, we see in human history, people overcome those backgrounds as often as they succumb to the darkness of them, probably more often. So it's like, I don't, I don't understand. This is a weird, weird reaction that like, oh, well, if we have a, if we found out the villain had a bad childhood, then we like now are Underst- on his side. Yeah, we understand that. him more and can empathize. But isn't that, is, why is that a bad thing? I I agree with you completely. I don't think it is a bad thing. I mean, the only thing I guess it would be it would be gross, and maybe this is what they're they're leaning at is like you know the Night Stalker had real victims. And right. We talk about this and 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 probably still left behind uh, people who love the victims are out in the world today, and like seeing this might be gross for them. Right. So like versus like a fic- fictional villain, I guess I could be sympathetic to that. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I were, like, if I knew a woman, my friend or mother, or sister, someone like that who was killed or attacked by Richard Ramirez, yeah. and seeing him on TV playing, like, some love interest, I, yeah, I guess this, I would this, feel this offended by that. Guy, but I don't know. But it, also, it's like, I feel like that they're trying to hit, like, a pathetic note with him, too. Like, this grandiose, this Satan. It's like, he seems so Satan, delusional, Satan, Satan. and he's bad at his job, and he's, like, a, got got a weird foot fetish. Um, like they, they're, they're trying, I feel like they're, they're okay. painting him in a certain light. Yeah. All right. I guess 
what we should be saying is, why do we like Margaret? We don't. She's a, yeah, there's some interesting things they're playing with. The person who loves God the most is the person that you are supposed to not like at all. I mean, that's a, that's a, and the person who loves Satan the, the most. That's a page out of the Hunchback in the Notre Dame playbook. <laughs> was that guy's name Rolo or something like that? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah. She'll be singing Hellfire about Richard Ramirez by, by the fourth episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. She could just legit do that. Yeah. Like, that's something that Ryan Murphy might pull. Yes. Like, I get to see her in front of this roaring fire in her cabin. Musical number, yes. Yeah. I want in it. fact, I'm going to be disappointed if that doesn't happen yeah, now. See, damn it. Their fan fiction has got us in trouble again. We got some expectations. It's all not, the theories. We not, take on all the theories. not how you approach the show. <laughs> Zacharoni and Cheese says... <laughs> <laughs> uh, First off, the longest night in TV history continues. Yes. Uh, Game of Thrones long night has nothing on this one. Fuck no. Um, at least this one lasted more than one episode. Burn. Uh, but it is, <laughs> it is still the night before the campers arrive. Is this whole season going to take place on this one night? Will we ever actually meet the campers? I'm okay if we don't. I have so much anxiety about those campers' well-being. If the kids do finally arrive, doesn't this show kind of have to take a turn into child slashing porn? It seems like Mr. Jingles isn't a little more calculating and only went after the adults and teens, but I don't know how much I trust this Night Stalker gentleman. <laughs> Even after a freak show in Hotel, that feels like a bit much for the show, which is still on basic cable. But they said fuck. They say fuck. They said fuck a couple times this episode. Yeah. Screamed it once. Oh, and they got away with a fucking Always Sunny, too. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. FX is, doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, FX is... I think FX does a couple. They'll, they'll fuck. Mm-hmm. FX, FX fucks. fucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. I don't... I mean, most of these slasher-type movies are campers that are older teens. Yeah. They gotta be smoking and drinking and doing drugs and having sex. You know, Cabin in the Woods rules. <laughs> oh, uh, no, that's not true. Like, Wet Hot American Summer, it was mostly about the counselors. Is that a horror film, though? No, I'm just thinking of camp camp shows that I've seen. Uh, I mean, there's Ernest Goes to Camp. (laughs) That was all about a particular counselor. I went Uh, to Girl Scout camp once, and it was a lot like this. Was it? I think that... um, I don't know. Like, I actually, I'm I'm in for, like, 12 hours plus commercials, or including commercials of just one night. I think that (laughs) would be fun. Like, if if you looked up in Wikipedia, like, the actual amount of daylight that they had at this time, and I would love for the season to actually last longer than a night could physically possibly be in the summer of 1984. Mm -hmm. Like, if it turns out, if, like, you only had eight hours of darkness start to finish, I would love for the season to be, like, 12 and a half hours, and it's just all in one night. Which, is that possible in the summer? Like, it's the the longest... is I mean, yeah, also what if this is also like taking nine and it comes up at five and this is also taking place in the summer solstice like the longest daylight hours <laughs> right, of the year right yeah 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 uh, we can figure it out we know it's opening ceremonies right that's and they happening didn't... in broad daylight <laughs> during this very nighttime scene and it's not a time zone because they're still in California it's not a time zone issue they didn't fly to fuck the the east coast or anything nope. It's the world's longest night. It's uh, biblical. It's like when Joshua made the sun stand still so he could finish killing some dudes that the Lord is mad about. Also in the Bible, look it up. <laughs> they were they were killing these dudes in the Lord's name and it was going real well, but the sun was setting and they thought, man, these fuckers might get away. We might not be able to slaughter every last man in this <laughs> army. And Joshua, the, 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 the judge, one of the great judges of Israel, uh, raised his hands and asked God to make the sun stand still, and he did. He did. Okay, so if <laughs> you ask happening. Satan to make the moon stand still, I th- you're right. You're right. Satan controls the moon. God controls the sun. That's this. That's his biblical science. All right. Let me finish Zacharoni's email. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So there's. I have a thought slash baby theory. We love all theories. When the hyperhiker showed up again after being killed again, I was really hoping for some kind of timey wimey sci fi twist, but that's wouldn't have fit the 80s aesthetic they're building as soon as someone said the word ghost it became canon as far as i'm concerned um it seems like we have evidence of at least one person dying at camp redwood and coming back it doesn't seem like he has any awareness or control over his ability to respawn so here's my proposal for how far the lid can get blown off this thing what if we've only seen the ghost one ghost so far if our characters, who are clearly very prone to wandering into the woods alone or in pairs, 
stumble upon more counselors from 1970 who still fully believe it is 1970. The trope of ghosts and poltergeists with unfinished business is all over 80s horror and would certainly complicate the slasher storyline when old and new victims come back randomly. What do you think about this? We're going to see more ghosties? If God was going to get involved in the battle anyway, why make the sun stand still? I mean, he can just like snuff out the lives of all those guys. That's a wildly inefficient way to divinely in- impact a battle. Right. Like, I, and I think, it can, it, like, during this battle, God was already throwing flaming boulders and shit. Like, <laughs> you can just have people die. You can just have them disappear. You can have the earth swallow them up. Why do you got to stop the sun to give them extra daylight to kill people? I, I, don't, I don't understand. Uh, yeah. What but, do I think about the ghost situation? What if the hyperhiker is just there to introduce us slowly to the idea of ghosts running around camp and be a vehicle for us to understand the rules? Assuming I'm right, will there be ghosts? Will ghosts be able to leave the camp? Maybe just on Halloween, perhaps. Okay, then me, I, it would really, honestly, it'd really bother me if this guy was an actual ghost and he was violating the canonical AHS rules. Agreed. Uh, so, like, I, it now they could suggest that it's some other thing because, like, I'm on board for the the endless style uh, time loop, um, or like that was that's that's kind of all the rage and horror because there was like Triangle featured that too. Yes. Uh, what was the other one you mentioned? The endless. There's one other, like a TV show that we just watched. Oh, the Dark, Dark, of course, dark. has a bunch of looping time structures, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like if they, if they start going beyond the boundaries of the camp, or this guy shows up at the Olympic closing ceremony, I'm going to want it to be some kind of aliens or time. Yes, bullshit. aliens, please. Yeah. I need yeah. aliens. Yeah, it's, the only, it's, it's like the only thing they haven't really brought back around. Um, will some of the ghosts know things about the camp or who Mr. Jingles actually is that was otherwise snuffed out of the history books by murdering all the counselors, people who know the truth? See, I think that's the thing is like maybe Jonas will uncover bits of his fragment, fragmented memory every time he gets killed or something. Yeah, I'm really confused. I, I wish he hadn't have said the line, I don't die here yeah. because he either needs more awareness or less awareness. Less. Yeah. Um, Yeah. All the counselors from 1970 should be about the same age as our current cast, so it could be an opportunity for cast members from other seasons to pop in for cameos. Mm. Could be fun, and we'll populate the map with intrigue and plot points to discover. The trope of a ghost not remembering their whole backstory, but taking a main character on a mission to make amends, all climaxing with a flashback that explains their behavior feels like what Murphy has been practicing for years. Yeah. 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 I mean, shit, we've had a flashback per episode, at least. And we, we can't... Last summer, this, we had, you know... Yeah, and we can't forget that this season's theme is lust. So whatever is the lustiest thing to do will always be the right answer. Trevor sliding into first base <laughs> so far has been the lustiest thing. And I love that first base in his book is underwater oral. It's oral. Well, oral sex, yeah. It's like kissing the others. You know, it's like kissing, just that's kid stuff. Fondling breasts, what the second, what do you, no, 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 no. Uh, Hitting grand slams to your kid. <laughs> get on my level. Uh, like Murder House, is it possible that no one will be left alive at the end of the season? Could we exit on episode 10 on a happy, functioning Camp Redwood, but full of only ghosts going about their ghostly business in an infinite loop? Perhaps this is when the campers will arrive and we... <laughs> I love this. The campers will finally arrive after we spend an entire season in one night. Yeah. And uh, then, they just, then they just enjoy this, have ghost counselors. Yeah. I like, like that. That's spook, camp spooky. Camp spook a lot. I like that. That would be so creepy because, you know, you just drop your kids off there. Your kids are alone, essentially, with a bunch of ghosts for the entire summer. Jesus Christ. Is that the plot for next season? <laughs> That's a really solid, like a bunch yes. of like 10, like a like Stranger Things kind of age kids. And they're like slowly coming to uh, being aware that their counselors are all ghosts. Yeah. And like maybe some of the ghosts chilled about it. And but then you've got like some bad ghosts. Mm hmm. You got some scary ghosts. Chef Birdie is one of those chill ghosts yeah. that you can rely on. Yeah, she'll roll you a ghostly joint and you know light up with you. But uh, I don't know if I trust that Margaret ghost. Mm-mm. She's scary. <laughs> Jonas is running around with his guts hanging out, like nearly nearly headless Nick. He's nearly nearly gutless, gutless. nearly gutless Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. <laughs> Jonas. Yes. Okay, thank you, Cody. Uh, oh no, that was Zacharoni. Sorry. Arena says, hey, guys, glad to see both of you are back. Hopefully this has a better conclusion than last year. Yes. 
hopefully. Wheels fell off faster that season than Xavier's van. <laughs> than a station wagon with tire spikes. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that it took them nine seasons before they did the teen slasher movie genre, but I'm really liking The Cabin in the Woods, George Orwell's 1984 theories out there. I'm really uh, hoping these lines from Jonas, I'm not supposed to die here, really pay off in that aspect. Yes, okay. Uh... Let me finish this email first. It'd also be interesting if the gang actually managed to escape Camp Redwood only to warp back to their bunks like Violet's revelation in season one. It at least explained why this one night has lasted like 72 hours. Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? Yes. Yes, you have. Yeah, you we did an old it. movie review. We should link that in the I notes. have not watched that. Really? Yes. That's the only, but I know everything that happens. Yeah. Uh, those are one of those things I spoiled myself self on because I really wanted to know. Uh-huh. I am loving this Cabin in the Woods theory. So what's the Cabin in the Woods theory? Is it just literally like the plot it's, of Cabin in the Woods? This is kind of just a simulation mm. that they're all living in. Because Cabin in the Woods is like, it's not just a simulation. It's like there was a ritual sacrifice that they do to appease like some Cthulhu type shit that they're holding back and some kind of SCP type of deal. But in Cabin in the Woods, there's like there are people who were just like at a behind a computer sending in monsters uh-huh. based on what just things they want to try or based on like their deepest fears or what uh i'm not sure because they were real monsters they like have these, ah, like, real these, monsters they, they have these monsters kind of like on on tap that they keep in these like big you know like containment facilities and this uh the, the, the whole like you know this is some kind of deal they worked out with the elder gods that you would have like you know this the sacrifice of these archetypal humans and you have to do it every year to keep uh, uh, to keep the world from ending, to keep these things from awaking from their pit and coming forth. So, like, I don't know. So you like, have to send the things out to stop them from getting out. No, these like do you send out like the 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 minor shit, you know? Hmm. You send out the like the serial killers and you're like maybe vampire bats, but we're talking like Cthulhu, elder gods, like ending Ooh. the world type of shit that they're holding back. Cool. But I need I to watch know, that like, movie. I, like, how hard is Mar- Murphy going to bite that? I don't think he's ever bitten anything that hard. He's like seen... he might take a little bit of color from that palette and splash it in, but the whole thing being a simulation, I don't know. Yeah, it seems like he stays on mostly like surface level horror. I would love, I mean, just especially right now, I'm reading through every Lovecraft work that he's done. Yeah. Um, and I'm just really into that kind of horror. And I don't think it's something that he's played with very much yet. Uh-huh. Uh, the horror that's felt not seen. Right. Uh, that could be, that could and be interesting. Cosmic horror. Yeah. Yeah. What's the other theory? You had the Cabin in the Woods Nin- theory. Uh, George the- Orwell's 1984. Yeah, okay, yeah, what's this theory? That I'm not as familiar with. I think it's just uh, they share the same name. That maybe uh, so it's kind of the same idea maybe as Cabin in the Woods simulation that there's some sort of big brother or someone out there that's controlling the things that are happening here. It's not what mm. you see. There's something bigger at work. They're going to strap a cage of rats to somebody's face. Yeah. Um, Brooke is wearing uh, protective underwear to, <laughs> to, sa- to save herself. Isn't that what they did? <laughs> what? They wore like special underwear or red overalls. I don't know. That's what the girls did in 1984. Oh, they wore like sashes. Yeah. They're, like as to show that they're purity for the party. Yeah. Yeah. But, Something uh, like that. Spoiler alert. At least one of them was one of the biggest sluts around. <laughs> red sashes that's uh, what you look for if you're in the know yeah <laughs> you're party insider uh, if you wear your sash backwards <laughs> yeah that's how you let your your uh, totalitarian freak flag fly okay final email from Joe you may want to leave this feedback for the end because of possible spoilers and I did just that Based on the IMDb episode guide, normally I am very spoiler adverse, but, well, it's American Horror Story. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to be lightly spoiled by perhaps episode descriptions? Do I? Do I? Uh, It's better coming from Joe than Ryan Murphy. It's true. Because at least you can draw your own conclusions from what I'm about to read. (laughs) There's plausible deniability when it's coming from Joe. The real at the real Ryan Murphy or whatever his uh, it's that's 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 just confirmed all your worst worst fears. Yes. 
So I think we can all agree that nobody thinks they can get 10 episodes out of this concept. I originally thought we would squeeze two more episodes out with lots of flashbacks next week and wrap it up in episode four. I mean, they got like 27 movies out of just Friday the 13th and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. And Halloween. I don't know that they can't get 10 episodes out of this concept. Yeah. There's like 10 final destinations out there. Yeah. But continue. What's next? A sequel? HS 1987, perhaps? And then part three in 3D? <laughs> I was on IMTB and based on the blurbs, this appears to stretch out to episode five, no idea how, with an episode six, episode 100 of the show, by the way, Ooh. saying, with the horrors of the night behind them, the sur- Oh my God! Holy shit, this night is going to last <laughs> five episodes. episodes? Oh my God! <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, I'm reeling already. Okay, I love okay. it. I'm so here for it. Okay, <laughs> with episode six, I'm sweating. I'm actually. I just broke out of sweat. I, know. I have to mop my brow. Five. <laughs> well, I mean, we were joking. We were joking. We were joking. Ryan Murphy's not joking. He's not joking. Holy shit. All right. All right. Uh, okay. With the horrors of the night behind them, the survivors deal with the fallout of their choices in episode seven, the pre-Halloween episode, October 30th, Ooh. saying, brace yourself, Aaron. Well, the description says brace yourself, Aaron. <laughs> it's Halloween night and the survivors of Camp Redwood massacre are still haunted by their past. Oh, do we flash forward? Do we flash forward to, to like 2019 and it's happening again? Like, like uh, the asylum season with a bloody yeah. face. Bloody face came back. Sure. Twisty, twisty came back. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. Weirder things have happened. Uh, P.S. Cecily, you mentioned Sleepaway Camp last week. Brace yourself. I saw it on VHS when I was 12 and it's messed up. One of the most fucked up twists you will ever seen. I can't unsee it. Do we want to make this a part of our spooktacular this year? I mean... I'm, is it torture porn? Because I don't I don't want to do torture porn. It's not. I mean, these are all like 80s slasher flicks. Okay. We're going to be peppering in a little bit more classics okay. uh, into our spooktacular coverage yeah, this I year. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen a lot of the 80s classics as we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, I put a poll up on Twitter. Uh-huh. It's going to be going until Monday uh-huh. for anyone that wants to go out and vote to see which of the classics we're going to watch. At Bald Move. There's a Twitter poll. Yep. At Bald Move. Maybe you should link to that in the show I will. notes. All right. I will two link. Two things. Two things. Two things we're linking to. <laughs> the Endless. Got to remember them. The Endless. Nope. Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. And I've already forgotten the other one. <laughs> 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 the Twitter poll. The Twitter It'll be poll, in the yes. show notes. There you go. <laughs> Watch people checking their phone. It's not there. <laughs> That's all the feedback I've got this week. All right. Um, having a lot of fun this year. Yeah. And can't wait to uh, see the next one. Yeah, which will be out the following Friday. I'm, I'm leaving for Cleveland on Friday. Leaving for Cleveland. Might, might even be a somewhat earlier release. We'll have to see. Uh, but you can send in feedback to TV at baldmove.com or, uh, again, forums forums.baldmove.com and uh, that's it we'll see you next week until then I'm your host Aaron and I'm Cecily see ya Satan Satan Satan